Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat the NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. You need to go to betonline.ag. And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm Paul Cadley. Lena, alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Skandrick. And Orlando, you called it last week. Uh, bad matchup for the Cowboys, and it was that way from the jump. They had to win the, to even have a shot at the playoffs, which they wouldn't have anyway because uh, Philadelphia packed it straight on in, and Washington was probably going to win that game even if they hadn't packed it in. So the season's over. You called it from the jump. I got a little too enthusiastic, and I, I bow to you, sir. Uh, you were dead on, and I, uh, you know, I just thought that I thought they just had some momentum going, but it, momentum is only as good as what happens after kickoff. Yeah, um, they didn't beat a team. I played be a playoff team all season. Disturbing. Yeah. Um, I don't think they beat a team with a winning record all season. Disturbing. And they were just a bad football team, a bad offensive football team, bad defensive football team, poorly coached team bad special teams um, and you know all the players that they were depending on to be big time players and to pull them through this thing and you know they were depending on Zeke to be their guy and we talked about him having another 100 yard game didn't happen um, Demarcus Lawrence highest played player in defensive um, highest paid defensive player in Cowboys history didn't exactly show up this season and I mean he's not he hasn't really shown up since he's gotten paid so you know when your highest paid players aren't performing, it's normally the sign of a bad football team. Yeah, they're they're just not um they just didn't anything went right for them. Nothing went right for for them from the jump this year. Even even when everybody well, not everybody wasn't healthy all year. I mean, just they weren't healthy all year. That was the first kind of omen, and then uh, everything just kind of wheels came off from the beginning. They they couldn't stop anybody. And, you know, you look down in the, you know, we can get into the, the mud of this game, but I, I think by now it's kind of passed. They lost the game. They didn't play well, and they're not in the playoffs. Looking forward, that like they really have a lot of questions to answer. And the, the biggest of which to me is, you know, what do you do about that defense? I mean, what, like, do you, uh, you know, you've got to hire a new defensive coordinator more than likely, in my opinion, because Mike Nolan and, and that system just brought in the, the worst defense in the history of the team. I don't know how you come back from that. And if you do that, do you go back to the scheme that you were running or a similar scheme that you were running before? Or do you do you continue down this change that they were trying to do uh, on down the road? 
I don't know, but Gus Bradley's out there and he's a hell of a defensive coach. Um, the Chargers finished ninth in Chargers finished ninth in defense this year, top ten. Um, he ran a very, very successful defense with the Seattle Seahawks, led them to a Super Bowl. And um, you know, he had a chance to be a, a head coach before of the Jaguars and they had some good play some good defense under him. So, you know, there's gonna be some guys out there. I think I think you just gotta try and look yourself in the mirror and say this didn't work and, you know, thank you for your time and you got to do what's best for the football team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think they do have to, I mean, they've got, they've got to move on. I think that that's the easiest thing. And, and, and Mike McCarthy, you know, I, I don't, I think that he might've cashed in some of those buddy chips uh, with the Jones family already. I mean, he, he you, I don't think he can turn around and make another buddy hire Kenny. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be the Joneses are going to be involved in, you know, hiring, a defensive staff or a defensive coaches, something that fits them. And I look to see, you know, I look to see them bring in a defensive mind, you know, that can get them back to playing complimentary defense because they're, they've, they've locked in on their, they've locked in on their offensive coordinator. They're all in on him. They're all in on their offense. They're all in on Mike McCarthy. And I don't know how you have another six and 10 season and you keep Mike McCarthy. No, I don't think so. Cause then you're, you're looking at, you know, these are, are players you've invested in for the long haul uh, across the board that, you know, one more season away and you, you've wasted it, you know. So um, they, 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 need to, they need to start cashing in on some of, this, some of these guys and, and, getting, and, and getting playoff wins and, and, and maybe getting back to the Super Bowl, which is just so far outside the realm of, of realism right now. Uh, because they're a six and 10 team. Now you can turn it around just that fast. I mean, you, you know, you finally get the DAC situation solved, which I like, it's still, it's kind of puzzling to me that they've just let it go this long. There's they're like, what reason do they have for doing that? I mean, after they franchise them, they didn't really have a choice. No. Um, Cause you couldn't, couldn't negotiate once you got past that date, but you know, now I'm not talking about just this year. I'm just talking about the last three years. Like why? I think, well, they couldn't do anything this year. So take that off going into his fourth year. I think they tried and, you know, going into his third year, that would have been a little difficult. Mm -hmm. That would have been a little difficult at that point. Yeah. Um, But it just, uh, you know, I think, I think they should have gotten him done before they got Zeke done. I think that would have allowed them to reassess Zeke's true value. Yeah, I do. I think Zeke kind of forced their hand by not showing or, you know, by not showing up to training camp and, you know, I, I guess they kind of panicked a little bit, but had they gotten Dak done even before that, then they, you know, again, I, mean, I don't think, I don't think they were ready to turn around and hand Dak $35 million a year after two years of quarterback in the national football league. No, and no. I think that once it got to after three years, he realized his true value. Then once he played out that third year, he just ascended and he, he was, he was put his head, put his fist down. This is what I want. So I think it was it was tough. I mean, it's it's easier, always easier after the fact to look back and say they should have gotten this done three, four years ago. So you would have got it done after his third year when the Cowboys were coming off of a down year. And then it would have been like, uh, what are, like, are we doing the right thing? And then he goes into his third year and he's coming into his fourth year and he's like, ah, I don't know. I'll just I'll just play it out. I'll bet on myself. Then he bets on himself in his fourth year, and then, you know, now you're now he's like he's dead set on what he wants. Yeah, and he he has Jerry Jones said today on his uh, weekly interview, he said that Dak has all the leverage. I'm not completely sure about that, but he has a ton of it. Uh, oh, he has it all. He has every ounce of it. Yeah. So. He has uh, every single ounce of it. Yeah. 
Because again, I mean, you, he, can, you I don't I don't think he sits out and misses thirty million dollars. But if he does sit out and miss thirty million dollars, if he even if he holds him by the balls and tells him he's going to come and never shows, do you want to take a chance at having a salary to have another season like this one? No, you yeah. don't. He's got it all. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I, I think they need to get that done before the draft. I mean, I, I really do. Like, get it done before the draft. And then, you know, and then, like, at least if you're, you know, going to just do the franchise tag on him, then you know, like, all right, well, I guess this is the last year that you're going to do this. Yeah, but if you, if you franchise tag him, you're going to put yourself in such an awful cap situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, well, I mean, that, that means you're probably going to have to cut some people you don't want to necessarily And cut. you still have no guarantee that he shows. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because he has to sign that tender on, you know, the franchise tender on July 15th or, you know, or whatever day it is this year, which is usually around July 15th. He doesn't sign that then, then, then you're, you're out of luck, you know. So um, he's just until he decides to show up in Oxnard or wherever you're going to hold training camp this year. But I know they hope it's Oxnard. But yeah, there, there's, I mean, those are the two biggest things, but you know, um, you know, they, they got to look to the draft and um, you know, that they've got to think defense first, but Orlando, they also have to think about the offensive line a lot. Because- I think they're, I think that, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice with Ty. They've got some, they got serviceable backups. Clearly they played mm-hmm. this year. They're serviceable guys. I'm going to roll the dice and say that Lyle and, and Tyron, and, you know, I'm going to put all my resources into defensive playmakers and guys in the front seven. Yeah. I need to get a, need to get a linebacker if I can get a good linebacker. You know, if I'm, you got to ask yourself if I'm sitting there and I, and Micah Parsons is sitting there at number 10, what do I do? I take him. <laughs> you know, and, and, but the first thing we got to do is figure out what system we're going to be in. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you got to save some of these guys, some of these pass rushers, and how are we going to attack free agency? What type of bargains are we going to try and get? And, you know, maybe, you know, you're going to miss out on Patrick Sertan. Um, junior and say that's over. But uh, is there another cornerback? Is there a safety? Is there a guy that's plays corner? That's not that fast. That's going to be a great safety. Like Earl Thomas. Yeah. I like JC Horn from South Carolina that uh, Joe Horn's son. Uh, he's, he's up there. And then, um, then you got Asante Samuel jr. Who's probably a later in the first round pick, probably not at the 10th pick, but um, those are, those are guys that are, the top rated corners right now, as we sit at the, you know, the end of the college football season before we've, you know, done any workouts and combines and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, who are, who are those, who are those guys uh, that you can identify? Look, they like, you know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be poorly served to draft another pass rusher. Or, I mean, I, to me, I think defensive tackles a huge need. Yeah. I, I'm not drafting it. I'm not drafting a pass rusher. Um, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to roll the dice out. I'm roll it out there with Randy. I'm going to roll it out there with Demarcus and I'm going to try and, you know, figure out something with Alden, but, um, no, and I look at, I'm going to look at that. And I'm going to say, you know, I think I'm a four, three team. I'm going to try and find me a, I'm going to try and find me a dominant defensive tackle, you know, maybe even two. And if I can find the linebacker that I can plug in there with Vanderish and take some of the pressure off of him, I'm going to, and then that'll allow me to have some flexibility on what I do with Jalen Smith. Yeah. They, if they release him post June first, they save seven million dollars against the cap, and they have two point eight million dollars or something like that in dead money. Uh, what do you what do you what do you see from Jalen right now? Um, Jalen's he's over he he's achieved. I think that the system that he was in this year, you know, he's a guy that needs like one 
read. He's a guy that needs to be on a four, three and play fast. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's the decision they have to make because Jalen, you know, and he, of he's, he's, you know, the, the most criticized player on that defense, maybe um, because he is, you know, a, a big money player, big money linebacker and all that, but, and he's signed for the next what four or five years with the team. So uh, the decision they have to make with him is a tough one, but you know, was his play declining, you know, at the end of 2019, or was this a system thing with Mike Nolan where, you know, he's, he's just not a fit for what they're doing there. And if they keep going down that road with the similar system, then they've got to get rid of him because he doesn't fit it. And he needs to go to play a four, three he, and, he, and for, for just for the sake of his own career. I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, if, if, like I said, if you can get Micah Parsons, you can plug him in with, with Leighton Vanderish and you can find some serviceable guys in the interior. I mean, I, they have to get defensive tackles. Like Tyron Crawford's older. Um, Antoine Woods is just a guy. I believe uh, Crawford's contract is up too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying in yeah. terms of if they wanted to re-sign him. Yeah. And um, Tristan Hill's coming off of an ACL. And who else do you have? Nevin I mean, Gallimore. Yeah, Neville Gallimore. And then, you know, and Antoine Woods, where your guy, and Antoine Woods didn't play for a good chunk of the last few weeks. So, um you got to remember that all of these guys were being beaten out by Don Terry Poe, and we know how bad he was. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, a Babe Loffenberg on the talk show today, and he said that Don Terry Poe retired, just didn't tell anybody uh, <laughs> that he retired. <laughs> I thought that was about, about the way to assess his play. He was really bad. And, uh, you know, not like nothing that they did this year in free agency worked. And that's, that's pretty rare, you know, where none of them, like you're just over. You know, Everson Griffin didn't work. And, you know, Gerald McCoy got hurt in the second day of camp. And uh, Don Terry Poe was just awful. And Ha Clinton Dix didn't make it out of camp. So none of that, none of that worked. Well, Worley was, was, was bad. I think he played on three different teams this year and was bad for all three of them. Yeah. So, so how, how, how I look at this thing is, you know, first we got to figure out what are we going to be schematically? You know, mm-hmm. what do we have enough of? We got three defensive ends. That one guy that can play inside on third down on passing situations and Alden Smith. And you probably can get the same thing out of DeMarcus. Um, and then when I look at this thing, we got one corner. Um, we don't really have any safeties. We have a guy that's a box guy. So he's probably a good, a good eight man in a box guy. And Donovan Wilson's probably going to be serviceable for, for four, three, one gaps to game. And then I just say, all right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do draft wise? What are we going to try and do free agency wise? And I think you handicap yourself so much if you draft a offensive lineman or if you franchise tag Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, so I say, I'm just, I'm trying to do a count. You're, we're talking about like five, six guys on defense that you feel comfortable with, right? Just, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you need 11. <laughs> so that's a lot of, I mean, no, they got other guys. They still got Anthony Brown. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else they got, but they, they could they figure it out if they yeah. need to. But they just need to figure out, you know, if you're gonna be a four three team, you're gonna have to have a hell of a three technique. You're gonna have to have two good middle linebackers. If you're gonna be a three four team, you're gonna have to have some good rushers. Um, you're gonna have to have a stout guy in in interior. And you know, you're gonna have to have some cover guys. Yeah. Well, right now, I mean, you know, they got Trayvon Diggs and what Cheeto's a free agent. Jordan Lewis is a free agent. Xavier Woods is a free agent. And I don't think that they should 
bring any of those guys back. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, okay. Um, at least not on multi-year deals, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find that many starters for, I mean, to get essentially a whole new secondary in one offseason. It's not as hard, but not impossible. No, but, yeah. Um, you know, and look, Tra- Trayvon Diggs, they thought was ready to start early on, and I don't know if that was completely true, but it was a necessity. And he's the guy who's, who's going to be there, you know, he's going to be their, their stud going forward unless that 10th pick is, you know, I was hoping to be Patrick Chetain, Uh And maybe he does fall to 10th. I, I just don't think He so. won't be there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would feel more comfortable saying they could get him if they were at sixth. But, you know, I, I don't think at 10. I think at 10, and Micah Parsons to me is a bit of a stretch at 10. He might fall to 10 just because he didn't play all year. Uh, there's some because there's some guys out there. I think you know you're depending on those three quarterbacks. You know, those yeah. three guys that are going in the top ten. Then you look at uh, Sewell, the tackle. Yeah. You know, and then you look at the two receivers. You know, Devontae um, Smith, who just won the Heisman today, and then Jamar Chase. Yeah. And, you know, right now we're at six. Yeah, so and then you and then you never know if if does Trey Lance get up into the top ten because of a quarterback nervous team. Absolutely, you got to look at that. Mm-hmm. And then um. You know, we're at seven already. I mean, I don't have, I haven't really looked at anybody else. We're at seven already. You know, and if what if one of these offensive tackles, those, those, they're highly valued position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, um, yeah. And, and, and again, of course, the Cowboys last year, you know, uh, let the draft come to them and it was CD Lamb and that worked out. That's going to work out great. But as far as, yeah, points, I just, it was unnecessary, as you've said before. Yeah. I don't yeah. I mean, I don't they know. Had other I mean, needs. I didn't really get anything out of it. Some excitement, yeah. some jersey sales, a new 88, but I don't think they really got anything out of it. But some people just like that stuff or because they don't know anything else uh, if you're a fan uh, in the last 25 years. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, to me, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I'd be mad if they went offense early. Like if they, you know, they got a ton of picks in the draft. So if somewhere in the middle, they, you know, they're drafting, you know, a, a third tight end or a, uh, you know, a, a swing tackle or something. I'm fine with that, but I would like to see all the early picks spent on defense. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah. Uh, because it just uh, there, I mean, there were times and I was surprised, like uh, actually, you know, the only reason that the Cowboys even gotten into the game at all was because Wayne Gallman uh, couldn't hold on to the ball the other day. And it wasn't the first fumble wasn't anything that they did. You know, he just, he just, I mean, it was that one. It was a pass hitting uh, Evan Ingram in a face mask. Yeah. So, you know, like it's great that they were, you know, cr- you know, getting turnovers, but I-, I would stop short of saying they were creating them and that they were um, created by the other team and the Cowboys took advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys just weren't a better football team than the Giants. The Giants. Yeah. Giants were just an inexperienced football team, a young football team. They're they have a bright future coming up. They're going to get their running back back. Got a ton of cap space. I'm sure they'll add some weapons. Um, if they can just add some more players like Bradbury, like they did in free agency, you know they're gonna they're they're well coached. I told you, I said, oh, I said they're a well coached football team. Mm-hmm. Said they're not going to give you anything easy. Nope. And uh, you know, um, I do think I do think that like I wonder if you asked a lot of Cowboy fans that wanted. And it was time for Jason Garrett to go. I think that like the message had had 
been lost or I don't know. That's, that's probably too strong to say it. Just, you know, like they, they kind of just spin in their wheels. Both sides were, but I do think that one thing most Cowboys fans could admit now is they were a far better coach team under Jason Garrett than they were under Mike McCarthy, at least for one year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but that was just years. That was years and years of like foundational wise. Yeah. Um, the foundation was set. I think they came in and had a whole new regime. And, you know, with COVID, just just things were just different. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and certain things just never worked out. And the free agency and all that stuff we talked about, like it was it was a kind of a house of horrors from the go for for the Cowboys. But uh, this is a team, though, that's shown that they can turn it around pretty quickly. And look, if Dak is back and healthy and they figure that out and they can navigate the cap and I mean, like their, their defense doesn't have to go from worst to number one. Like if they get into the top, you know, 15 to 16 on defense, they can win most of their games. You know, they don't, they don't need to be the doomsday defense. They just need to be passable. You need you yeah. need you be able to like when it's, you know, um, you know, you, you stop somebody on first down at second and nine, you don't give up a 19 yard run on second and, and nine, you know, like those kind of things. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Get, get into third, get into like the, the worst games where, where I remember one time I, I can't, I may, might've been the Browns where they were like throwing up the third down percentages for the Browns and the Browns were like one of three on third downs and had, I was like, they've only gotten to third down three times and it was the third quarter. I'm like, that's bad. <laughs> they're just running up and down the field. And I, I'd never seen that. I mean, I'd never seen a run defense of the Cowboys that bad. And before you even get into the fact that, you know, there were times where receivers were just standing alone uh, on the field waiting for the ball and no one was around them in coverage, you could run straight up the middle of the Cowboys with no problem. Yeah, I mean, I think you still can, as you've yeah. seen. Yeah. I just, you know, they didn't play a lot of good football teams towards the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, when they did play good football teams, they kind of, those teams, they caught them napping. But, um, you know, the one defining moment that I knew that they just hadn't gotten anything fixed when they played against the Ravens. And they just ran the ball up and down the field against them. Yeah, they, they were the Ravens' get-right game. You don't want to be anybody's get-right game, you know. Um, they were essentially the, what, the homecoming opponent were the Ravens. And I mean, Ravens hadn't done anything in weeks. Uh, you know, we're, we're about to, you know, really be, I mean, they were at the moment on the outside looking in the playoff picture and that game kicked off a run for the Ravens. They haven't, they haven't looked back since that game. And they were coming yeah. off of COVID. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was, was, it, was that the low point for you, the Ravens game? Yeah, they just ran up and down the field on them, up and down and up and down. No practice, um, you know, coming off of a COVID game. I, I see a lot of holes in Dallas. I mean, I know we want to say Dak's going to come back and he's just going to throw it around the yard, but teams are going to look at those first three games and say, okay, what do we have to do here? What do we have here? Yeah. So it's on Kellen Moore, and they, they like they they bought big on Kellen Moore, and and he withdrew his name from the. I thought, I mean, it, it looked like he was going to have that job as the head. Oh, coach I think he had the job. Day. I think that Jerry opened his checkbook, and you know, you asked him what it was. Talked about aspirations. You know, talked about you have head coaching aspirations. What better place to have to become a head coach to be a successful offensive coordinator with one of the most marketable franchises in the world? And um, they always said it is way easier to go from 
offensive coordinator in college, in high school, I mean high school, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's way easier to go from offensive coordinator in the NFL to head coach in college than it is head coach in college to, off- to offensive coordinator in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm not, you know, he could, he'll, he'll definitely, if he, there's going to be a point in Kellen Moore's career because he's what, 32 years old, 33? Yep. Yeah. There's going to be a point in his coaching career where he'll probably have the opportunity to go back to Boise State. It's not like who they hire is going to be Bear Bryant and stay there for 40 years. So he'll, he'll have the opportunity to, to go there again on down the road if he wants to. But, uh, you know, this is also, look, the, the last offensive coordinator that Gary, that Jerry bet big on was, was Jason Garrett. And he became the head coach for a good long while. So uh, clearly, and Jerry likes homegrown coaches. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be very tough to have a freaking to, to make Kellen Moore your head coach if you fire Mike McCarthy because that means you have him a holdover on two coaches that were fired. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, and, and by that time you would, I would hope that if they had to do that, then you would just say we've got to we've got to go in a whole new direction. Absolutely. Like he did with Bill Parcells. Like that's what he did when he brought in Bill Parcells was look, we've got to go in a whole new direction here. We've got to learn a new way to do this. And the, the, the great thing about the Jones family is they're not afraid to say like, all right, let's try something new, but sometimes they do too many new things in a row. And it, yeah, I mean, I think Kellen, you know, if they continue to put up the happy numbers that they did on offense last year, I think that'd be a sexy replacement, you know, say we got still got a high powered offense. We just need to get a defense, but who knows? But again, look, and if Kellen Moore puts up big numbers with Dak again next year and the Cowboys win and don't fire McCarthy, you know, look, Joe Brady's getting head coaching interviews in Carolina right now. He's he's 31 years old. It's not going to it's not going to take much for Kellen Moore to be able to get an NFL head coaching job somewhere else if he wanted it. Yeah, I think so. If they continue to be successful, I think he'll definitely get a look. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 kind of the new wave right now is younger offensive innovators and you know um joe brady in carolina is gonna i mean i think he's gonna interview with three teams remains to be seen if he gets a job but uh this year but he's out there interviewing and it's kind of like the pro bowl the first year you just go around and interview and the second time around you normally get a job (laughs) yeah so um yeah I'm, i'm you know Although crazier things have happened, you know, Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator at USC after getting fired at Texas Tech, and then he was the head coach of the Cardinals like that. So, yeah, look how look how that's working out. He's got about another year left. Yeah. <laughs> See, like part the of Cardinals, the, the yeah. Cardinals are going to be bad for a long time. They bet big on Kyler Murray. He's so small. I don't know how he's going to be durable long term. He only really makes plays outside the pocket. It was interesting to see in that last game once he got hurt. He was still able to move around. He just couldn't run. Wasn't the same quarterback. Not a great passer. Not a great pocket passer at all. Offense is no. stagnant at times. And, you know, they've already bet big on two quarterbacks. Really, really high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a hell of an arm, Kyler does. Um, Can't see where he's throwing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was at his first start at when he, before he transferred, when he was at A&M. And I remember thinking, like, man, this guy's electric, but man, he's so little. Like, I just kept, kept waiting for like the offensive lineman to like just put him in their pocket and carry him off the field. Because uh, he, he is, he's so, he's so little. And until, look, until a year before he got drafted in the first pick overall, uh, he was going to go play Major League Baseball. 
that was his aspiration. So, uh, you know, I, I think he'd probably still do that in a couple of years if it doesn't work out for him, but, uh, he's, uh, he's small, but yeah, I, I thought like the one thing I thought like why, why my work with Clint, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is if he, if he can coach a good offense and then has just Vance Joseph over there on defense, if he doesn't have to worry about the defense and somebody else can do that for him, then they can win. But, you know, clearly Kyler can't get hurt. And I know, you know when you a sprained ankle, you know, yeah, quarterbacks get in there and play with a sprained ankle. Yeah. You know, it's just, he can't, the offense is a gimmick. Yeah. And the jug is up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, Look, the, the best player in the NFL right now, he had him. Uh, that was his college coach, and they did not win with Patrick Mahomes. And it wasn't Patrick Mahomes' fault, but, you know, they, they did not win, and they had that guy as their quarterback. Very true. So, uh, you know, I, I'm still shocked on Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm sure he'll go back, you know, to coaching college in a couple years. And yeah, he sucked in college, so I don't understand. He was a and great get, OC. Did he get fired from Texas Tech? Yeah, and that's his alma mater. Yeah, yeah, they got they got sick of him real quick, and then they're they're already sick of his replacement, Matt Wells. Are <laughs> sick of him? I'm thinking about getting into his coaching thing, man. Seems like easy, <laughs> like easy money. Hey, look, I if you told me I could coach somewhere for three years not do a good job and collect $10 million on the way out because I suck, then uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Like, give me that. I'll try my hardest, but you know, give me three years and you know, $21 million. Of course I wouldn't be that worth that much, but you know, I like the, I like that buyout deal that they've got that the coach college coaches have. They paid Tom Herman at Texas, $15 million not to work there. That's true. I, there's plenty of places that don't want me to work there. They could pay me not to work there. It'd be great. Give me money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you should just start calling NFL teams and say, do you want me to play for you? No. Okay. Give me money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we're all full up. Well, Hey, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, well, um, Orlando, it's been, it's been a strange season for the Cowboys. And our, our first season together doing this podcast, but uh, I do like, you know, I, I, I'm always optimistic in off seasons because you never know what's going to happen. But um, this one, this one stresses me out a little bit because of all the stuff they've got to do. But, you know, as far, like, I, I, I think they've, they're going to get Dak done. They have to, they have to get that done and get that solved. And uh, I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I'm not optimistic. I've seen some crazy things around there. And I think, you know, you fall into the, oh, this person got hurt, this person got hurt, and this is why this happened. And we can just run it back. And it's never a good philosophy. No, it's not. You have to, like, I think you have to, you have to assume the worst, even if it's not, because then you prepare for, then you make the best possible choice to fix that problem as opposed to, Oh, well, this would have been fine. You know, you know, in, like especially like the injured guys like you know you, you hope that they come back but you have to prepare for the fact that maybe they're not the same and that, right. that's what that's what worries me is that they're going to be like well they'll be fine common sense ain't always common sense paul no it's not oh they'll be fine will they like but what if they're not it's it's the nfl like the 
Common sense is always not common sense. Well, Orlando, uh, the season's come, the season's gone. We're in the NFL playoffs now. Uh, do you have a, do you have thoughts on, do you have early favorites on who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see Seattle's got some serious experience at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to count out Tampa. You know, they can get hot at the right time. They can rush the passer. They got the wizard, the goat at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not really high on the saints though. You know, no, no, um, no energy coming out of Superdome. Um, no fans. And, of course, Green Bay. They'll catch you and get you up there on Lambeau on one of those really snowy days and just run you out of the stadium. Yep, and Aaron Rodgers um, just had maybe his best season ever. <laughs> so, what, 50, 51 touchdown passes to five interceptions. I think, but, but I think what I'm going to say with the NFC, I think when clicking on all cylinders for the NFC, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the scariest football team. Yeah. Yeah, because they have the best defense top to bottom. Best defense top to bottom. Um, best receiving core. Good good offensive line. A hell of a quarterback. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, Orlando, I guess we've got to talk about what we're, our, our offseason plans are uh, for this. Uh, I was thinking at the beginning of this, we at least get one playoff game in when we were at week one. Well, that 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 derailed fast. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, what my offseason plans is, I'm going to continue um, to do the next month or so. Just, do my weekly annual, annual, my weekly, our, our double weekly mm-hmm. um, deal at Fox on Undisputed with Shannon and Skip Bayless, who owes me a case of Mountain Dews because he bet on the Cowboys. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, just kind of enjoy the, the, enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy going into the Super Bowl. Just enjoy this part of the deal and, you know, stay safe because COVID is running rapid in Southern California. And hopefully we can get together and do this again. This was fun. It was fun. Had a great time, Orlando. Please like and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. This is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.